Hello, and welcome back to the Anatomy and Physiology Sickle Cell Anemia Podcast with your fantastic host, Caroline Barletta. That's me. On last week's podcast, I talked about the history of sickle cell anemia and how it affects the human body, its biochemistry, cells and tissues, integumentary system, and skeletal systems. This week, I'm going to talk about how sickle cell anemia affects the skeletal system, a little bit more of it, the nerve and senses, the muscle system, and the endocrine system. So if you're ready to learn some more, let's get started with nerves and senses. In sickle cell anemia, blood is also chronically low on oxygen. Chronic deprivation of oxygen-rich blood can damage nerves and organs in your body, including your kidneys, liver, and spleen. Your vision can also be affected due to vaso-occlusive crisis, which is when the blood vessels are obstructed by the sickled red blood cells. This causes tissue damage because of the little to no oxygen. This can cause the eye sockets to have hematomas and also the eye can have retina damage. In the central nervous system, you can have strokes. This happens usually when the patient is younger. However, it can happen when they're older. Strokes and silent strokes can happen and repeat strokes are something that most likely occurs as well. After the stroke has occurred, this can affect daily function and learning. All right, so let's move on to the muscle system. So because the sickle shape lessens the amount of oxygen being brought to the muscle, it causes necrosis, which is tissue death. This causes fatigue, severe pain, and crisis. Vaso-occlusive crisis can happen in the muscles as well, where the blood vessels are obstructed and can cause tissue damage because of the lack of oxygen. These things can cause motor and mobility impairment in the patient. Several forms of arthritis, both inflammatory and non-inflammatory, are associated with sickle cell anemia. This can progress to destruction of critical joint components and bone erosion. The most frequent complications requiring hospital admissions for patients with sickle cell disease are painful vaso-occlusive crisis and osteomyelitis, which is when the patient has an infection in their bone. Other acute bony problems that have been described are stress fractures, orbital compression syndrome, which we talked about before, dental problems, vertebral collapse, and bone marrow necrosis. The femoral head or head of the femur is the highest part of the thigh bone and it is part of the hip joint. This is the most common area for bone destruction in people with sickle cell anemia. And I can imagine that this is something that is very painful. Infarction, which is obstruction of the blood supply to an organ or region of tissue, is a debilitating and significant complication of sickle cell disease and it may occur anywhere in the skeleton. Along with pain, bone and joint infections are serious complications and are important causes of hospitalization. Okay, so let's move on to the endocrine system. 
Endocrine disorders in sickle cell anemia have causes like tissue hypoxia, which is when the body or region of the body is deprived of oxygen at the tissue level. Chronic anemia, iron overload, high energy demand, genetic influence, and malnourishment. Slow speed of growth and delayed puberty are frequent. The most common endocrine disorders in sickle cell disease are growth delay, osteopenia, which is weak bones, and hypogonadism, which is when the sex glands produce little or no sex hormones. Diabetes mellitus, thyroid and adrenal disorders are considered overall rare in this population of people that have sickle cell anemia. All right, so that was a lot of information about how sickle cell anemia affects the many systems and areas of the body. I did want to leave today with a personal story of someone named Shania, and she is a teenager living with sickle cell disease, and she comes from the St. Jude's Children Research Hospital. Here we go. Our football team is like number one in the nation. So the band has to be full of energy and precise. I think it's kind of like therapy for me. It makes me feel like I'm normal. Like I can be normal. Music is life to me. <laughs> Music is life. My name is Shania. I am 16 years old. I live in Basel, Mississippi, and I have sickle cell disease. Even if they don't have a chronic disease, it's hard to be a teenager. They really have to be on top of taking care of their sickle cell disease in addition to being exposed to the regular world and daily activities of going to school, participating in a sport. The first time I actually found out she had a disease was when we were at a contest and I saw her get kind of weak and we were marching off the field and I saw her pass out. She's always just like pushed herself and she's, she just works so hard. Most of our teens, they don't want to be different. They don't want to have to stop and take breaks because it makes them look different or feel different. So that was just a little snippet of a story from St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Now, a lot of the times when we talk about diseases, especially the sickle cell anemia, you tend to lose focus on the actual person that has it. So I just wanted to personalize this a little bit for you so you can understand how difficult it can be for someone living with sickle cell anemia, especially a teenager, to feel normal and focus on being healthy. I also wanted to end today with some information from the Mayo Clinic and how they talk about everyday things that you can do to help your body when you have sickle cell anemia. They say one, Take folic acid supplements daily and choose a healthy diet. Two, drink plenty of water. Three, avoid temperatures in the extremes. Four, exercise regularly, but don't overdo it. Five, use over-the-counter medications with caution. Well, 
Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast of sickle cell anemia. This again is your host, Caroline, and I hope that you'll be listening again soon. Thank you so much. Bye.